the votes have been counted and tallied and the people have spoken. So on this episode of It's Not Olive Oil, we are going to talk about all things pigmentation. I want to give you guys a good definition of the different types of pigment, different products that you can use, and obviously different procedures that you can do. So let's go ahead and get to it. Hey everyone, welcome to It's Not Olive Oil. My name is Summer Kai, your host, licensed medical esthetician, and skincare ingredient guru. This podcast is going to be your ultimate guide to all things skin related, whether it's products, ingredients, or aesthetic procedures. Skincare is truly whole body wellness and healthcare, not just a luxury. I'm going to discuss anything and everything in this overwhelming and vast industry. I want you, the listener, to feel empowered and confident when shopping for skincare or your own aesthetic professional. So let's get down to it. I am going to start off by telling you guys a bit of a, well, it's funny now. It wasn't funny when it happened. This is the second time I am recording this episode. I tried to do it earlier this evening and got through the entire thing edited it, got ready to export it, to load it into the different podcasts where you can listen to your podcasts, and it would not work. And to say that I was frustrated uh, is an understatement. So I am now going to try this again, and we're going to talk about all things pigmentation mental health aspect to it as well. Because obviously, when you're dealing with a skin condition, like pigmentation, you don't love the way that you look. So all of these things play into this. And so I wanted to not only tell you about the different types of pigmentation, and what causes them and that sort of thing. So you could you could learn. But I also wanted to talk to you about how to treat them and what you can do at home. And, you know, hopefully help somebody out there that's dealing with this and maybe doesn't understand what they have or what the causes are. So this whole episode is going to be about that. So let's go ahead and dive right in. And I'm going to start with the different kinds of pigment and defining them for you. Before I jump in to that, I want to define two other words for you. The word melanin and the word melanocyte. So melanin is the protein that gives skin its color. It is produced by melanocytes. So since we're talking about pigment, you need to know what those two things are. The first type that I want to talk about is hyperpigmentation. Hyperpigmentation is going to be when your little melanocytes are overachievers and produce too much melanin. It can form dark patches of skin from the excess melanin production Anything from acne scars to sun damage, 
um, or even hormone issues can give you hyperpigmentation. So that's hyper, you're going to have more pigment in those areas. Then we also have hypopigmentation, which is a low amount of melanin in the skin. This is normally caused by genetic um, genetic issues or causes or burns. Burns can also lose pigment. Then you also have um, a skin condition called vitiligo, which occurs in large patches. Well, it can start out actually in smaller patches and those patches can grow. The cause is pretty unknown. Um, Some are now saying that it could be like an autoimmune disorder that appears in the skin. I'll keep you posted on what I read more about that. Then you also have melasma. Melasma is dark brown to light brown or even blue-gray patches of skin, flat or freckle-like spots. Um, Some people call it pregnancy mask because it does affect pregnant women, and it can darken or lighten over time. Then you have something called PIH, which is post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. This is a common acquired cutaneous skin disorder that often occurs after skin inflammation or an injury. It's chronic and is more common and severe in darker skinned individuals, so Fitzpatrick skin types of three and up. The Fitzpatrick scale talks about how much melanin is actually in your skin. So darker skin types tend to get PAH, but that's not always the case. Um, I actually have some scarring that pigmented, so I have PIH, and I'm pretty fair. I'm like a Fitzpatrick too. Um, It develops when a wound or irritation, like a scrape or a pimple, like I said, and as the skin heals in that area, it produces too much melanin. So your melanocytes, again, being overachievers, going into overdrive and producing um, too much melanin in those areas. Most people that have had acne tend to have some form of PIH or post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So that gives you a little bit of knowledge on what types there are and what those words mean. When we dive into melasma, There are three different kinds of melasma. You have epidermal, dermal, and mixed. So epidermal is going to be in the epidermis, which is the upper layers of your skin. Dermal is in your dermis, which is where the living cells are. Those are the deeper layers of your skin. And the most common is the mixed. So where you actually have some epidermal and some dermal. So with epidermal, you tend to have dark brown, well-defined borders of those pigment areas. It appears obvious under a woods lamp, and sometimes it it will respond to treatment. What is a woods lamp? I know somebody out there right now is asking. A woods lamp is actually a black light that we use as practitioners to be able to see how deep the melasma and the pigmentation is. So what a woods lamp does is it will show you what's below what you can see with the naked eye. So it's a great tool. 
Dermal melasma is in those lower levels of your dermis. It on the surface tends to appear light brown or bluish and has a blurry border because it's deeper. Um, It doesn't appear different under a woods lamp. It's going to look the same. Um, This one does not respond to treatment um, unless you're taking off a lot of lot of layers of skin. But for the most part, this is something that you can just kind of hopefully make your skin a little bit more even and be able to live with it. And then again, the most common is going to be mixed. When you have mixed melasma, you're going to get a blend of the bluish and the brown shows in a mixed pattern under the woods lamp. And sometimes mixed will respond to treatment because you are able to treat the epidermal melasma and that's what's responding to the treatment. So what are some of the main causes of, you know, hyperpigmentation, discoloration, melasma, radiation, whether it's UV, visible light, or infrared. Infrared is heat. And it can also be caused by hormones. These also can make it worse. Now, most people that I have run into in the years that I have been a practitioner have no idea that heat will make your melasma worse. So hopefully this kind of blows your mind a little bit. I live in Florida. Clearly, it is a sunny state. We are outside a lot. We go to the beach. We do all the things on the boat. But because it is so very hot here, meaning in the middle of the summer when you get in your car and your dash temp reads 120 degrees, it's incredibly hot in your car. You don't need direct sunlight to make your pigmentation worse, melasma or not. Getting in your car and it being that hot will also make it worse. And I'll dive into in a little bit how you can help prevent that from happening. So here's a personal story of mine. I have melasma. I got, um, it showed up after my second pregnancy. And I've been working for 10 years keeping it at bay. Probably three or four years ago, I was going to hot vinyasa yoga, which I love. Um, Such a great detox. If you've never done that, basically it's an hour long yoga class in 120 degree dry heat studio. So yeah, it's great and detoxifying. However, I started noticing when I went more often during the week that my pigment was much darker. So I kind of learned the hard way about this whole infrared heat thing with pigment. I had studied it in books, but it had never really affected me until I started doing the yoga classes. So I had to quit going to hot yoga because I basically looked like I had a brown beard on my skin And I was not willing to trade the hot yoga for having uh, worse pigment on my skin. So I stopped going and treated my skin and, and now it looks better. But 
I do notice when I get overheated or in the summertime here that it tends to flare up a little bit more. Most people, unless they're taught by a professional, don't don't realize that that is a contributing factor. So I wanted to let you guys know that because it's not a common knowledge thing. Now, there are other causes other than radiation, UV, visible light, and infrared. Certain meds can actually give you pigmentation or melasma. Anti-seizure meds, some of them have um, a side effect can be pigmentation. Um, Birth control, especially those that are increasing your estrogen. Or if you have increased estrogen on your own, that can cause it. Postmenopausal women that are on progesterone have developed melasma over time. And phototoxic drugs. So those are actually meds that make you light sensitive. All of those things can be contributing factors. So now that we know what pigment is, the definition, and your main causes, what the hell do we do about it? What can we do about it? Before I dive into what can be done, you need to understand this. Before you start any treatment, if you are not going to do the at-home care that goes along with doing professional treatments, do yourself a favor and don't spend the money. And I'm, I'm being real when I say this. If you are not going to put in the work at home, don't seek out professional treatments. I don't care if it's peels. I don't care if it's microneedling. I don't care what it is. You have to be married to the at-home regimen because that is what is going to solidify your results with the professional. You cannot go on this journey and not do your part. Just like eating crappy food and hiring a personal trainer. Go to the gym three days a week. You pay all this money for a personal trainer and then you eat crap food. You're not going to see results. This literally is the same thing. If you use crappy at-home care and you don't listen to what your practitioner is telling you to use, but you're going and spending all of this money on getting professional treatments, you might as well take the money that you're going to spend on the professional treatments, light it on fire because it's as good as that. That's my soapbox. I will step off of it now and I will tell you some things that you can do. So first and foremost, sunscreen. Oh my God, please just wear sunscreen. And I don't mean crappy sunscreen. I mean good sunscreen. What is the difference you ask? So glad that you asked me. So there are two different types of sunscreen. There are chemical sunscreens and there are mineral sunscreens. I am a huge advocate of mineral sunscreens. Mineral sunscreens are true sun blocks. They block the UVA and UVB. They also tend to keep your skin cooler because they are mineral based. They are not absorbing heat. They are reflecting the rays. Now, a 
lot of people don't like the way they feel. And I can tell you that zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which are the mineral compounds that are in mineral sunscreen have come a long way. It's not the zinc that we used to put on our noses in the 80s that were different colors and it literally didn't come off or look like paint shellac when you put it on. Yes, there are still some of those out there, but it doesn't have to be that bad. So I'm a huge, huge fan of mineral sunscreens because they are going to do more for that heat protection um, as well as the rays. Chemical sunscreens are thinner. Those are the ones that you tend to find in foundation. It's my favorite when people go, oh yeah, I totally wear SPF. It's in my foundation. Uh, that's not the same thing in, in case you didn't know. But they are thinner. So people tend to be more consistent with using them because they don't feel heavy on the skin. Now, they absorb heat. So they are not going to give you the protection from heat because they are absorbing. So you'll put them on and your skin will still feel hot, especially if you're wearing them like at the beach or at the pool or something like that. My favorite, favorite sunscreen on the market that I have ever used is Skin Better Science Sun Better. It comes in sheer and a Tone Smart, which is a tint, comes in a lotion and it comes in a compact. There is no reason that you can't reapply this because it comes in a compact. I wear it every day. That's all I wear. It has a beautiful pore blurring effect. It's a mineral sunscreen. It doesn't feel like a mineral sunscreen. I love it. I cannot keep it in stock in the spa. So that is where you will start, sunscreen. The other thing that you can do for at-home care is a antioxidant serum. So antioxidants shield your skin against the effects of internal and external free radicals. What are free radicals, Summer? So glad you asked. Free radicals are the things in the air that are basically like the environmental assaults on your skin, pollution, sun, dust, anything that's in the air, gross. Antioxidants help fight that. So they play a vital role in protecting the skin against your oxidative stressors. I love, again, it's a Skin Better product, Alto Advanced. So there's actually two Altos. There's regular Alto and then Alto Advanced. If you're under 30, use Alto. If you're over 30, use Alto Advanced. Alto has 19 antioxidants and it's proven, there's clinical trials on it, that they have antioxidants in there that protect against infrared heat. Yes. So if you have melasma, this is your best friend because it keeps your skin cool. It also has beat out in several different studies, SkinCeuticals, CE Ferulic, 10 or 20 times over. I mean, it's just a way better product. Doesn't dry your skin out. It um, is very moisturizing. They're using a fat and water-soluble vitamin C. So if you think of your skin layers as an onion, you have a water layer and a fat layer, water layer, fat layer, so on and so forth. 
this vitamin C is getting in every single layer of your skin, which is where you want it to be. How do they do that? They are actually using an ingredient called cockadoo. The cockadoo plum has 55 times more vitamin C than a Florida navel orange. It only grows in Australia and can only be harvested one time a year. They're one of the only companies using this because it's very hard to get your hands on. But it, the proof is in the pudding, guys. And if you ever get to look at the clinical pictures from Alto or Alto Advance, it's phenomenal. The other difference between regular Alto and Alto Advanced is Alto Advanced will do intrinsic aging. So internal aging of the skin, it helps repair DNA, which is great. So that's why I say if you're over 30, that's the one that you want to use. I switched to it, um, even though I'm not over 30. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I switched to it and I definitely love how luxurious the product feels. I see a big difference in my discoloration and the overall evenness of my skin. Another must product that you need to have when you're dealing with pigmentation is a tyrosine inhibitor. What tyrosine does is it's an amino acid complex that basically tells your melanocytes to chill the hell out and stop overproducing. So this is something, again, that you need to be on forever. Now, a lot of people know about hydroquinone, which is a tyrosine inhibitor. My issue with hydroquinone is that it is a bleaching type agent. So it will overall lighten your entire face. Um, Some doctors will prescribe it to just use in certain areas. But you also need to, you know, rotate when you're on it and when you're not on it. So normally three months on, three months off. A lot of people don't do that. And you can build up a tolerance to it. So I really love Even Tone Correcting Serum, which is a Skin Better Science product. This has a unique bright complex spelled B-R-Y-T, which is designed to target brown, red, yellow, and overall tone. This product is also hydroquinone and retinol free. So it's gentle. You don't ever have to come off of it, which is great. I've been using it for over a year and see a huge difference in the overall evenness of my skin tone. So this is another product that I highly, highly recommend. And then last but certainly not least, um, need to use a retinol. And I prefer a retinoid. And my favorite is Alpharet Overnight Cream, again, by Skin Better Science. So they have partnered retin- the retinoid with glycolic. Why is this important? So the biggest issue that people have with using prescription grade retinols is there's an irritation factor. A lot of people get redness, peeling, flaking, dryness of the skin. That is because the molecular makeup of retinol is actually very big and it has to be absorbed through a sebaceous gland or hair follicle. So it sits on the surface of the skin for a really long time and that creates irritation. What Skin Better Science has done is they have partnered the retinoid with glycolic. Glycolic acid is an alpha hydroxy acid, but its molecular makeup is really, really tiny. So it doesn't need to go through a sebaceous gland or a hair follicle to be absorbed. It can just be absorbed. So the retinoid piggybacks on the glycolic. 
So this product not only gives you the gold standard of using a retinoid every single day because you don't have to build up to it, you're going to get your collagen synthesis out of that. It also is super, super hydrating. And when you put this over something like Eventone, it's going to draw those uh tyrosine inhibitors even deeper into the skin where you need them. So these things are all going to work at a cellular level to not only give you daily protection, like with Alto um, is going to provide you daily defense protection. It's going to up the efficacy of using your sunscreen because let's be honest, nobody reapplies their sunscreen as often as they're supposed to. And then you're using two products at night that are going to stop your melanocytes from overproducing the melanin and speed up those cell turnover rates with the retinoid and get the dead surface cells off with the glycolic. And then you're getting collagen synthesis um, also from the retinoid. So those four products are kind of the end all be all for me. All of my patients go on these things when they, for their at-home care, when they are starting a lightning regimen with me and doing in-office procedures with me. Okay, so touched on some products. Let's talk about procedures. I, it's my opinion, procedures to avoid would be anything with high amounts of heat. So if you're dealing with melasma, um, especially in the epidermal layers, you kind of want to be careful with things that have heat. Um, Peels can be great as long as you're with someone, a practitioner that knows what peel is going to be beneficial for your skin because, and what type of pigment you have, because peels can temporarily help, but some of them induce high amounts of heat. So you need to be really careful. I have seen, I've had three patients in probably the last two years that went to someone, they had pigmentation issues and they were, they had a peel done and they ended up with worse pigment. So you know, I'm not slamming any practitioners out there. I'm just saying be diligent about the questions that you are asking and making sure that they have before and after photos and, you know, in, in their portfolio because you you don't, the whole point of trying to make it better is to make it better and not make it worse. Um, lasers also, certain ones, um, equal heat. So there are some lasers out there that are deemed safe. The laser needs to go deep enough to get past the melanin. So to be able to give you that lightning effect that you're looking for. Um, ablative lasers tend to have more heat. So again, make sure you're with someone that knows what the hell they're doing. Um, in our practice, we do light therapy, which is IPL. So it's intense pulse light. It's great for surface pigmentation. It will bring up old pigment. And so it does, there's different pulse widths, but um, it'll go, you can control the depth on it. So depending on what type of 
pigment you're dealing with, you can bring up some stuff that's a little deeper that you can't really see on the surface. And then it will also get rid of that surface pigmentation. It flakes off. Um, kind of looks like coffee grounds. So sometimes you don't see the flaking, but you will notice that your skin will look more even. The other thing that I love about IPL is it doesn't do just brown. So there are um, different light therapies out there. IPL is intense pulse light. So that's going to be all of your wavelengths. And then there's BBL, which is broadband. Broadband tends to do only brown. IPL will do brown, yellow, and red. Something that I have noticed is people that have um, pigmentation issues, their skin can look a little yellow and sallow. So IPL is great for that because it kind of evens everything out. Again, you need to make sure that your practitioner is well-versed in using light therapy, IPL machines, Make sure that you're on the right at-home care because if you end up doing something like this and then you don't take care of your skin at home, it's just going to be really counterproductive. Um, one of my favorite treatments to do for pigment is microneedling with PRP. Um, microneedling often can be called collagen induction therapy. What it's doing is it's micro-injuring the skin which tricks the skin into going into the healing process to produce more collagen and elastin. And that's not only going to help texture, pore size, it helps tone as well. What microneedling pen do I suggest? I love skin pen. Skin pen is the first and number one FDA approved microneedling device. Again, I'm really big on the stuff that I can get my hands on, um, making sure that it's got, it's backed by clinical trials. Skin pen's been around forever. The tips are handmade under a microscope. So that cause clotting and healing and growth. So platelet activation plays a key role in the body's natural healing function. PRP therapy uses injections of a concentration of the patient's own platelets to accelerate healing. So basically, we pull your blood in the office, we spin it in the centrifuge, and we separate the liquid gold from the red blood cells. It improves, PRP will improve the overall skin texture decreases the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. It can smooth out scarring and provide some skin lightening against hyperpigmentation. So to me, this is the safest way because there's no heat. You're not dealing with heat of of any kind. A lot of times what I will do is maybe a gentle enzymatic exfoliation treatment um, that doesn't have any heat. I might dermal plane somebody before we do uh, the vampire facial, which is what this what this is. Microneedling with PRP as a serum is a vampire facial, or you can do it with deep injections as well. Um, so with patients that have big blocks of pigment and melasma, we actually will inject some PRP into those areas, and then the rest of the 
serum we will microneedle into the skin. Um, it, it just accelerates the healing and it stimulates the fibroblasts, it stimulates collagen, and it stimulates your own hyaluronic acid synthesis, which is great. I started doing vampire facials about a year ago and now I do them quarterly. So there's a few different ways that you can do it. You can always do a series or you do them four to six weeks apart to really get all of those growth factors in your skin and really kind of speed up that uh, cell turnover and induce the collagen, you know, from the needling. And then you can do a maintenance plan and, and do that same thing quarterly. So it's, it's my favorite procedure to perform. It's one of my favorite procedures to get. We get really beautiful results with PRP and microneedling. Um, there is nothing that you can buy as a skincare product that is anything like PRP. There's some new things on the market called exomes. Um, those are all over the place. It's basically they're trying to recreate PRP in a lab. So it's like a synthesized um, form. But your own platelets and your own growth factors, there's no replacement for that. There's no contraindications for it either, which is great. So, you know, you have people that might not want neurotoxins or they might not want, you know, not, might not be candidates for other things. Pretty much everybody's a candidate for PRP. So I'm a, I'm a really big advocate for it. And we do see some really beautiful, beautiful results. So that is my 30 minute talk about all these pigmentation things. I thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to listen and learn about all things skincare. I want to do a quick recap. So you have four different types of pigmentation. You have hyperpigmentation, hypo, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, and melasma. You also have three different types of melasma, epidermal, which is going to be more surface, dermal, which is deeper and mixed. That's the most common. Remember, before you start any treatment for pigment, please marry your at-home skincare regimen. Make sure you're using something that's high in antioxidants. Make sure you're using an SPF. Uh, Spoiler alert, everybody should be using an SPF, whether you have pigment or not, you want to not get more pigment. Um, and make sure that your practitioner is well versed in the procedures that they're offering. Look at before and afters um, and make sure you know that they're picking the right treatment for you and what type of pigment that you are possibly dealing with. So as always, if you have questions, comments, you can reach out to me on social media at velo underscore summer Kai. You can also email me at it's not olive oil at gmail.com. And remember that olives belong in your drink and not on your face or your skincare. Until next time, guys, 